You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer, Mark Alderman, and Jim Schultz. All right, guys, it's uh, May 30th. Mark, Jim, good morning. Morning. Saturday morning. Uh, We could start with a whole bunch of fun things, but it's not, doesn't feel like a fun time. It's not a fun time. I think we're all distressed about what's happening in the world. And we'll talk about that, obviously. Uh, So let's just start there. Uh, Jim, you start. Well, I, I got to tell you, Howard, I mean, I, I think we have to start by talking about what's going on in Minneapolis and the cities around the country uh, as a reaction to this, uh, to this murder that occurred. And I think people are right. I, I think the law enforcement has to take a serious look at that cop and think about charging him. Uh, you know, we, we have to rely upon prosecutors' judgment to a certain extent. But I don't think it sends a great message, given that video, that he's charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter and not first- or second-degree murder. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I, he, he, that was as— Horror. It's horrible to watch. It's as horrible. horrible as any—I mean, and, and so, I mean, he, he Unnecessary. sat there and watched the man die before his eyes. And I, I don't know how anyone— I mean, even if it's a stretch to make the charge, they got to make the charge. And I think they made a mistake there. It's got to send a message. It's got to send a message. Mark. Yeah, I, Jim, thank you. I appreciate and agree with everything you just said. It's a horror. And Minneapolis, the district attorney, whomever made that decision, made a mistake. It contributed to the horror that has followed. I think taking a step back it is a an american tragedy in the middle of a global pandemic for this country to be seeing what we're all seeing and suffering through what some cities are are going through is just a a tragedy starting with the murder and 400 years of race relations in this country continuing with the reaction good faith or not of of the authorities, and then the rioting that has completely perverted the very important, very understandable, appropriate, urgent protesting. It's just all a tragedy. And I I can't even, Jim, and I don't mean this sarcastically, uh, we have a failure of leadership at the top. Had the president said what you just said, it would have been leadership. He did it, yeah. but this is much bigger we'll, than Donald okay. Trump. Much we'll bigger there. than Donald we'll Trump. We'll get there. I, I definitely want a, us to go there. But it strikes me, I guess my reaction to it, um, it's, I mean, it's outrageous. It's horrible. And it's familiar. <laughs> this is happening. And it's not just this kind of thing that's happening. It's also people walking into churches and, and shooting up churches in Charleston and Newtown and, and these outrageous events that take place where everybody goes crazy and everybody demands change. And then we go back to life as we know it. And 
it happens again. Yep. So look, we well, have three different vantage points on how policy gets made and how government operates and how do we change this? Like what has to happen from a policy point of view? What has to happen politically, Jim, to, to re- cause change here? Cause we need change. Well, in this instance, and, and I, I don't want this to be an indictment of all law enforcement. There are law enforcement who rush into the building when there's trouble, not rush out of the building. And we need those folks on that line. But we also need to do a better job at screening, at, you know, at hiring, at when, when we're hiring folks to go into to put that uniform on, we better be darn sure that they're willing to wear that uniform and actually affect justice. And that's not what happened here. And, you know, I, I think from a policy perspective, we also need to um, uh, race relations in this country are at their worst, I think. And it needs to be addressed how it's addressed. I I think it starts at the community level more than anything else. Um, You know, I worked in a, in a U.S. attorney's office in Philadelphia where we worked hand in hand with the local law enforcement community and building relationships with both local law enforcement, but also the community groups in the neighborhoods that were suffering the worst from violent, worst, uh, had worst case scenarios in terms of violence. And I think there needs to be that trust restored between the men in blue and women in blue, if you will, and the communities that they're serving. And that's their job to serve those communities. I, I agree again. I agree. And thank you. I agree with, with all of that, but I think Howard, you have a number of different things going on in, in what you asked about. Newtown, Charleston, the one problem in this country, which is not actually what's going on in Minneapolis and elsewhere, one problem is we have too many guns. And that is something that policymakers can do something about. We don't want to go down the rabbit hole of why that isn't happening but that's a whole podcast and crisis in and of itself. We have too many guns in this country. Race relations, uh, it's a 400-year-old American tragedy. It, it's a year's worth of podcasts in and of itself. But I want to go to the, to the first the, Mark, thing Jim Mark, said. Just, just to say the common thread that I'm drawing is how do we solve big problems? We solve big problems by starting small. I think Jim's absolutely right. You got to make it easier to get rid of bad cops. The overwhelming majority of law enforcement in this country, exactly as Jim said, runs to the sound of gunfire, not, not away from it. But there are bad cops. There are bad teachers. There are bad lawyers. There, there are people in every profession. It's, it, it's much too hard in this country to get rid of bad cops, and and that is law and policy, and that that is something that can and and must change as a start. That doesn't change 400 years of race relations, but that is a, a start in response to this crisis. You know, guys, it strikes me when when we take on a client and what we do, we're trying obviously in our business. Our goal is to uh, influence government. And um, when we take on a client, 
we usually recommend a, a combination of a top-down and a bottom-up approach. And it strikes, which, which means the kind of grassroots approach to the problem, Jim, like you're articulating, you know, at the, down at the community level. But it also means a political approach, um, talking to people at the top and, and trying to get those worlds to, to come together. And as I'm sitting here thinking, and I haven't thought this through before, so this is on the fly, but it's, this is, to me, it's the same thing. We need our leaders, Mark, as you were saying, we need, our leaders need to change both sides of the aisle because the Democrats will no doubt take something like this and try to make it something that's politically opportunistic. And that's frankly not helpful because then the Republicans get entrenched and we need no, tone at the um, top. And, and, and obviously, well, I feel very strongly that the president is the president is the president. Only one person has the bully pulpit and it needs to be used in, in the right way. And if you combine that, I mean, that, that's what has to happen. I guess I'm thinking it's no different than what we do for a living every day. I don't think it's a 400-year-old problem, Mark, but that's how you change it. We've had a failure of leadership for, for a long for, time. For 400 years. For 400 years, we've had a failure of leadership. The failure of leadership today in the Oval Office is acute in the pandemic and, and now in this. And the, the most tragic dimension of the failure of leadership in Washington, uh, starting at the top with, with Trump, is that effort, all the energy, all the effort is into division, not, not unity. We need to come together. We need a leader who can bring us together. And demagoguing a tragedy like what happened in Minneapolis, demagoguing the coronavirus global pandemic, and making it partisan is is sending us backwards. We're going yeah, in, in well, the wrong yeah. direction. You here. get that. Out, you get out of that out of Speaker Pelosi. You get that out of both sides. Demagoguing this pandemic. They've been demagoguing this pandemic now since the last CARES bill passed. That got a little more political, and now it's all political. And you know, Washington is back to being Washington again. And starts at the top. We I, have I one president. I, I have one president wholeheartedly, Mark. But, I mean, the, the president needs to. The president needs to, and you know, his administration's been working with Speaker Pelosi, but Speaker Pelosi's not doing her part either. She's, for all intents and purposes, the leader of the Democratic Party at this point in time. Jim, tell me and, here. Here's what the president. Here's what the president of the United States said about the tragedy in Minneapolis. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. This morning, he talked about ominous weapons and ultra force or some. He, he also talked rotation. about. He also tell me, tell about, me what, but tell me, tell me what Speaker Pelosi said. Tell me what Nancy Pelosi said. It drove a wedge Mark, between Americans his, at this tragic time. He walked back that. Tell me what she said. Comment. He you don't believe that. it. 
comment. You don't, even and you don't believe that he didn't know exactly what he was doing. This is what he does. He does it. He was reinforcing And then you have, you know what happened, gets caught. Well, then you have Waltz caught. today He's holding that? up 13,000 no. of the National Guard. You're both right? wrong. You're both 13,000 people in the National Guard. After yesterday, Governor Waltz in Minnesota, I'll give you the quote. And and I thought this was equally as problematic. The ashes, meaning the ashes of the burned building, the burned police department, are symbolic of years and generations of pain and anguish, is what Governor Waltz said. He basically condoned what happened in that city. He has mobilized at a historic level. After he's been beaten down. By the public and his and his constituents, now he's mobilized mobilized the thirteen thousand yeah, troops. I think I think he's actually done a I pretty mean, I, good job that, out that, there. But I'm asking you to tell me what Nancy I'm Pelosi you an, has I'm said. You an, an example. I'm giving you an example of what a Democrat governor said in the state where that happened. What That's not mean? bringing folks together. Condoning what happened in terms of the Get looting it. and rioting. Is absolutely wrong, Jim. and you know he's being criticized for it. And, and you know he did, today, and that's and why today he's saying, "Okay, now we have to do something about it. We're going to mobilize the National Guard." You know what that is? Military force. That's what the president was talking about—the need to have military force in that state. No, no. What the president was doing is what the president always does. He didn't walk it back. He purposely makes himself the center of attention. It's indisputable. Purposely, he does it every single day. He's try, he's try, he wants because he thinks it's good for him politically. And he might be right. I think he is right. He always wants to be the center of attention. And as long as everybody's talking about him, he's winning. And it doesn't matter whether we're united or divided. That's his MO. And guess what? I think he's, a, he, he's winning. I mean, he won. Four years ago, he vanquished 19 Republican candidates and he beat Hillary Clinton. He he wins through conflict and division. That's his strategy. And, and that is not a solution to any of the tragic problems we face. It may be, it may be a winning political strategy to get reelected. I think not. We can talk about why I think not. But what it for sure is not is leadership. What it for sure is not is an effort to unite the country and to move forward from from the awful times that we're in. What it is about is about his reelection. Everything that happens, the Twitter thing, which was another story this week, the pandemic, everything is about and only about him. You mean and Twitter fact checking him, but not Adam Schiff or anybody else when they make every, when they make up lies, right? Comey, Pickett, right? But they're going to censor no, the United States. Jim, Jim, you're the one on Twitter. I'm not. I'm not a I defender <laughs> of Twitter. You and the president. I can't find the news if there is any such thing on Twitter because all I get is you and Trump on my phone. So I'm no defender of Twitter. But that was not about truth. You know exactly what that was about. That was about his reelection. That was about, frankly, it wasn't even about Twitter. It was about keeping Facebook 
out of the election, keeping Facebook available, keeping social media available as a re-election tool had nothing to do. And it with should be available as a re-election tool. I'm not. I'm not. I, and it's certainly not a fact check on the president, the, and not the liars like Schiff. I'm not. I'm not it's talking. It's all about the same thing I just said, in like, my opinion, right. which is keeping the attention on Donald Trump. He doesn't care about. He's happy that Twitter put that on there. Of they course. did politically, politically. They did him a favor, of course, because all that does is galvanize the folks in this country who are supporting that president. This president. And what's happening with the pandemic? What's happening with the murder in Minneapolis and the rioting? Not the protesting. The rioting elsewhere. What's happening with Twitter? Where we are among the other tragic places at this time in, in this country is everybody just doubles down on what they thought the day before. Trump is appealing to 40% of the country and planning on finding enough votes in the right states to get reelected. There is no effort to be a leader of the entire country. And to a great degree, Jim, fair enough, and Howard, to a great degree, many Democrats are, are doing the same. And we are not getting out of this mess that we are in until somebody tries to lead all of all of us. So I, I don't know if either of you guys saw Joe Biden's I was coming yesterday. <laughs> so if you here's the from a political point of view it was a if you read the transcript it was a great speech it was a great transcript if you watch the speech it took him a good two minutes before he was before he knew what the heck he was doing i mean he looked he did, just didn't look good and he looked like he didn't know what he wanted to say for the first 90 seconds or, or That's whatever because he had nothing to do with what was intact no no it's because he's uh, getting on in years yeah. and well, again he, he rallied consultants he, yes he rallied march but he rallied but I, the biden campaign now we're just talking re-election we have we have left the much more important and elemental question of how do we get out of the mess we're in now we're just talking about the election but I, I couldn't agree with you more. The Biden campaign has to find, has to please find soon a better way to present Joe Biden as a candidate to the American people. Leaving him in his basement, looking like he did yesterday, not changing camera angles, not changing the background, not, not presenting any vitality or strength or or energy Mark, just as a campaign matter the fact that you're talking about background and lighting angles and that's, that's what you this know, is that, about that's, it's not background and lighting angles it's the candidate himself i mean that the fact that you're talking about background and lighting angles tells us all we need to know Jim. And and Jim, actually, what tells you all we need to know is the fact that we're saying that Nancy Pelosi is the leader of the Democratic Party. Well, one one of us said that. I I was gonna. I can't take issue with everything Jim says. Well, and and she's it's, taking some orders from AOC these days too. So, well, who is well, the leader? Who who is the leader of the Democratic Party? Who is the leader of the? Yeah. 
Well, I was asking a different question, but I'll answer that one. The Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi holds the. Eric, you're having a hard time with this question. I just, <laughs> I just want to say it's a team. It is the Democratic oh, Party. Oh my gosh, that's a bad answer. You're talking about leadership, and you can't pick one. Yeah, that's a bad answer. You you tell me who is the leader of the Democratic Should be Party? Joe you Biden. have an elected leader and you have a nominee Who's for president. It should be Joe Biden. It should be Joe Biden, but it is Nancy Pelosi, and that is not a recipe for winning. And unless, to your point, unless they can figure out a way for him to get out there and look presidential and do what he did in the primary, where I still remember we were on one of our podcasts and I had just watched him take on some guy and, and challenge him to a fight right, in the parking right, lot right. in Iowa. Like that's the way to win this election. I, I think I just said that I couldn't agree more that the Biden campaign has got to hit reset. He's got to be the leader. Yeah, no question. And the way this works as a process is that he becomes the leader coming out of the virtual convention we're going to have. I did want to ask Jim if he's made his travel plans to Charlotte. How, how does your family feel about you going to Charlotte and sitting in a hall with 30,000 people uh, untested, not wearing masks? Are you, are you going down? I'm not going to be able to join you this year, Jim. Thank you. Thank you again for taking me to Cleveland. Highlight of my life. But are, Mark, you, are you going down? I will, be in, I will be in Charlotte. I will likely be in Charlotte with CNN and likely be in Charlotte supporting our president. And how does your family feel about you going into that hall? Are, I, they, let, are they letting you back in the house when you come home? They're going to let me back in the house. I'm going to wash my hands, Mark. I'm going to keep my social distance. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do all the things that we need to do to protect ourselves. I'm also going to go to the beach today, and I'm not going to wear a mask today on the beach. And I'm probably going to sit within 10 feet of my neighbor. Congratulations. Right? I mean, that's... <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm I'm going to live my life, and I think there's a lot of people in this country that are ready to live their lives. Well, going to the beach uh, is one thing. Sitting in a convention hall in Charlotte. Insane. Mad, insane. Mad. And by the way, if you wear a mask, Trump isn't going to want to talk to you. Well, I'll be in a mask. I'll be in a mask. I won't be in a mask when I'm doing a television hit, though. I'll tell you that. Can you put Cozen O'Connor public strategies on your mask? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do get we have those 100 percent we do now we do right. now 100 percent. those are being ordered right. on monday right right i'll wear one but i'll wear one from uh, the beach i'm not gonna be in charlotte i'm sorry i can't join you jim howard and i had such fun in cleveland four years ago it, it's a tragedy another tragedy that the pandemic is depriving us of another convention with you we did do some good Facebook live out in Cleveland, Mark. We did. I, that was, that my, one of the highlights of that convention, and I'm walking through the hall, and only at a Donald Trump Republican convention do you walk through and run square into Don King. <laughs> I, I had the same thing happen. <laughs> right. I took Fair a enough. selfie with Don King immediately. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, we're once again at different conventions in the same place at the same time, because one of my highlights was getting into a cab and sharing it with Cornell West, 
who is uh, a, a different dimension of the African-American experience in this country. But it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that because also in the last week we had Joe Biden say, you're not African-American if you're voting for Trump. I told you we should leave him in the basement, you guys. But Trump, <laughs> and by the way, he didn't use those words that I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but... The dumbest... So, but he, but he does well. have he does have support in the African American community, Jim. Yeah, I so, mean, so not, that that's a good question. So let's let's talk about that a little bit because you know by it doesn't take much movement of the needle in the African American community positive for Trump, and and I believe that he's going to do better among African-Americans this time, and all the polling showing he's going to do better among African-Americans this time in major cities than he did the last time. That's a big deal. Uh, uh, just a slight movement of that needle for him makes it very hard for, him, uh, for Biden to win any swing states. To turn out question. No, it is. Uh, it's turnout question. question. He can right. pick, give them a point or two with African-American voters. I don't see it, frankly, but maybe. But if turnout is significantly greater, that point or two, obviously you can do the math, that the point or two gets washed out in a greater turnout. You're, you're presuming that there's going to be more enthusiasm for a Joe Biden candidacy generally than a Hillary Clinton candidacy. Is that what you're predicting? I think that there's going to be more turnout in the African-American That's community for all kinds of reasons. But it's still May, another day or two. We don't know. I keep saying this, and, and I know we need to have some uh, excitement in the May 30 podcast. But anybody who believes they have any idea what is going to happen on November 3rd before Halloween is kidding themselves. We aren't going to know where this is going for Six more, 157 days to be exact. And maybe not until the day after the day of a Maybe not until a week after when they count my mail-in ballot if they can find it. That's a whole different podcast. I voted for, uh, I voted in the primary, Jim, for, uh, for Pennsylvania. Maybe you did too. I voted by mail. I'll be and voting in person Tuesday. Okay. In case with your May. mask. No, your I'll, mask. I'll be in Philadelphia casting my vote. I admire that. At the YMCA next to my house. No doubt. I admire that. I, I voted by mail. Given um, Sue Ellen, Professor Alderman, applied a week ahead of me because she is more organized than I on these things. She's still waiting for her ballot. <laughs> I got mine. I sent it back. That's your, have, that's your governor and Department of State. I have no confidence they're going to count it. This mail-in thing, it isn't fraud. The president is demagoguing that, too. He votes by mail. So does the vice president. So do all the Republicans demagoguing the issue. We have vote by. I the, mean, problem is, the problem is whether... Yeah, and it's a Democratic administration in Pennsylvania, thank goodness. But, but but boy oh boy is passed it. Fair enough. Yeah, I got no quarrel with that. But but we'll see if it works. We will see if it works. I was talking to our colleague Joe Hill about what's going on in the city. Um, you know, many 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 more 
Democrats have applied for mail-in ballots than Republicans. Many, many more African-Americans in Philadelphia have applied than had ever previously applied. But many, many people are still waiting for their ballot, and the election is Tuesday. So that that is going to matter on November 3rd. It's one, it, it goes back, Jim, to what you just said. We may not know who the president is for a week after this election. Well, this is, and, and the ballots... The ballots will be impounded. Lawyers yeah. will be cast all over the country, and We're gonna have there will be court battles. Well, court battles there. everywhere. No I, doubt. I agree with you. I close to agree with you, Mark. I almost agree with you on on Halloween, October 29th is the day that the government will put out its estimate of third quarter GDP. Uh, if they put it out, they'll put it out. Right. Well, and so I'm putting out. Second quarter, right? No, they're putting it out. They're not putting out some of the forward-looking indicators. Okay. Not putting but out they will put out third quarter GDP. And if it isn't what people expect it to be, people expect a V, then you could put a fork in Donald Trump. Well, that's why I say as tragic, obviously, going back to the beginning, what's happening in Minneapolis and elsewhere is an absolute horror, but that isn't what's gonna determine this election. What is going to determine this election is exactly what you're saying, Howard. What does the economy look like? What does the pandemic look like on Halloween, October 29, November 1? It's deaths and and GDP. Deaths and and jobs, deaths and jobs. And you can't end you can't know that until you know it. And I I think projecting ahead from today, uh, I I think you can't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down. Uh, I, I know what I, it, it's, it's hard to even know what you hope it looks like because obviously we all want many, many fewer deaths and many, many more jobs. But I, I just don't know we're going to get what we want. To your point, it is this is a multi-century problem. This is not a this is not about Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. But and, and rather, if we are going to change these big societal problems that are really dragging this country to a place that it doesn't need to be and shouldn't be and terrible things happening. It's going to take both parties. It's going to take both parties. It's going to take leadership. It's top down and bottom up. It's what we do every day on a much, 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 much bigger scale. It's top down and bottom up. I think it means smaller scale, respectfully. Smaller scale for us and big, I'm sorry, bigger scale for the country. Yeah. Sorry. And it is, um, that's what has to happen and it has to happen. It's not at a singular moment in time. And until we get that, and until we get somebody that can unite and look across the aisle and bring us together, not somebody, but somebody's. Well, and it, it's why against all odds and evidence, I'm still hopeful for this country because it isn't a man or a woman who falls out of the sky and makes magic. It's the American people. We're going to pick that leader. We, uh, he or she has to exist, 
but the American people are going to pick that leader and we're going to get ourselves out of this hole. We have before, we will again. God willing. But but it ain't going to be by by start of business on Monday, that's for sure. Or by November. Um, okay, guys. Well, this was uh, certainly Jim, an interesting discussion. Suntan oil. Don't forget to use your sunscreen on the beach. Of course, of course especially on this big, shiny head of mine. <laughs> we're not on video, but, but if we were, <laughs> if we were. <laughs> Nobody, we can all agree on that. Let's end on your know. rather broad shoulders. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got to get them on them too. <laughs> that yeah. sleeveless T-shirt. <laughs> what do you I mean, Mark? Know. I'm at the beach. I hear you. Tank top at the beach. I just want to know: Mark, is there? You're wearing a headband, Mark. <laughs> can I remind <laughs> you of that? <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm not. I'm not quite ready for the ponytail. That comes next. Jim, is there a cigar? Do I see smoke there, or am I no, imagining that? No, that's I only am. during our Zoom meetings during the week, Mark. <laughs> yeah, like with clients. Right? That was not right, a guys. client meeting. That was an internal meeting. You're right. You're right. You're right. I stand. No, no, no. Well, yes. No. All right. Very Fair good, enough. guys. Have a great Saturday. Happy. Hey, guys. Saturday. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.